Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 155, Drown Your Sorrows. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 19 from James Warden, and I am fairly sure it was recorded on April 1st, 1990. The message is 16 seconds long. Let's listen. Hey, Paul, uh, this is James. Uh, give me a call. And, uh, yeah, definitely give me a call, man. And, uh, you can uh, come over here and drown your sorrows or whatever. In this message, James is clearly responding to something I said on my outgoing message. And although I did not save this outgoing message, I have a pretty good idea what the message said and why I left it. As I've mentioned before, while I was living in Chicago, I had a proclivity to play practical jokes that, looking back now, I consider unnecessarily malicious. In this case, I believe my outgoing message said that my cats had escaped, and if anybody found them, to please let me know. My excuse for telling this lie was April Fool's Day. So, it is based on the conjecture that I was playing an April Fool's Day prank that I am able to date the message. I had two cats living with me at the time, Memphis, who came to me as a kitten, and Sunshine, an older cat that my friend Shelley's mother had given to me. Memphis was very unfriendly towards Sunshine when they first met, and although Sunshine was much larger, she had been declawed, so Memphis dominated their scuffles. However, it did not take long for Memphis to accept his new roommate, and the two could frequently be found curled together on a corner of my futon. Sunshine had an orange-striped coat, which I'm guessing led to her name. Memphis was a gray and white mix, and was named after the Memphis Jug Band. While Memphis was a kitten, and not long after he came to live with me, someone broke into my apartment. This was a common occurrence in my building, where the back doors opened to an alley through which burglars could make a stealth escape. Fortunately, little Memphis was unharmed, and the only thing missing was my portable stereo. This seemed to be karmic justice, since the stereo was acquired by less than legal means. Here's the story. My first year in college, some friends of mine had developed a scheme to swindle American Express. Person A would purchase five $100 traveler's checks and turn them over to Person B, who had practiced accurately duplicating Person A's signature. Next, Person B immediately went out and spent all the checks, countersigning Person A's name. Finally, Person A told American Express that the traveler's checks had been stolen and received $500 in new checks. It was with these new checks that Person A purchased my portable stereo 
and sold it to me at a considerable discount. Since I am not sure about the statute of limitations on such a crime, I will not identify the persons of interest. But I will say that the guy who came up with the scheme became a very successful Wall Street investor. All right, that's it for this week. If you want to confess financial fraud or any other type of fraud, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.